So it's the era that has divided Madonna fans, the Madam X era. We're four months into it now. The album was released in June. Madonna is currently you know, at the beginning stages of the Madam X tour, the much renowned Madam X tour, which is in the smaller theatres for the first time. Was that because she was worried she couldn't sell out the stadiums anymore? Who knows? But what do we make of this Madam X era? I've got Kyle from the United States on the line here, connected to me here in Australia. G'day, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Well, Facebook, social media, all the platforms where people discuss Madonna have been blowing up ever since Medellin, well, even well before Medellin was even released. But let's get straight to the core of it. Has this been a good era, Kyle, for Madonna fans? <sighs> I mean, for the true fans, I would say yes, because, I mean, the hardcore fans, why they might not like everything she does particularly, usually they back her up, because we know what she's capable of. I mean, she's a visual artist. We know her tours are groundbreaking. Um, they always say that she's doing like poor sales in her tours, but she's still the toppest or biggest selling or female artist of all time. So, I mean... Absolutely. It's, it's nothing new. And every time she goes on tour, every time I've gone, every stadium arena has been sold out full capacity. I always feel like I'm treading on eggshells when I talk about Madonna because her fans are ferocious. So I'm actually going to cast that out of my mind, Kyle, and I suggest you do the same thing. The Rebel Heart era that led up to this era, it was messy in many ways. I loved the tour. I actually really liked the album, but the fact that it was leaked and then it, it wasn't probably everything fans expected. Should we mind that Madame X's um, sale, ticket sales, for example, or album sales are below what we'd expect for Madonna at, her, at the height of her fame? Should, should it matter? I mean, that's kind of like, that's a, that's a pretty intricate question because I'll, so I'll start out with the Rebel Heart part. Yeah. Rebel Heart, I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, it was kind of messy. I think the leak, I think, did damage to the actual album. Because mm. um, in my personal opinion, some of the demos were a lot better than what was actually released on the album. Yeah, I love the demos. Um, <laughs> I love yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> especially the Avicii demos. They were so much better. Yeah, um, yeah. I do feel she has made comments lately during the recording of this album that I felt like she was getting pressure from the studio of directions they wanted her to go. Okay. Um, but I mean, this is all hearsay. Um, it's not one of my favorite albums. Um, yeah, I know I will admit that. Um, but like you said, I think the tour made up for it. I mean, that's the thing too, is that her tours are they, to me, they're incredible. It's like a holiday. Have you seen this tour, the Madame X tour? Um, not yet. I'll actually be going in LA next month. So have you I'm managed trying to, to not hear everything. Exactly. I'm to know the set list and know all the details. Oh, stop it, Carl. Why do you know that? So you do or you don't know the set list? Um, I've heard rumors, but I actually stop I've tried. Reading I mean, I read <laughs> songs here and there, but I haven't read the full set list just because I do kind of want the element of surprise. And obviously, um, she's going to great lengths herself to make sure that this is kept on the wraps because she wants people to come and have the the experience. I'm really impressed. Like I know that 
the whole idea of putting the phones into those Ziploc bags before you go into the concert, that caused a big, massive drama. Uh, social media it sort of split fans, from my take, right down the middle. But it's been wonderful because this is the first time I have not even had the temptation to go onto social media and look at the, the clips, which never do Madonna justice. You know, a shaky YouTube clip is never the same as the experience. So, yeah, it's great that we're not getting the spoilers. I agree. And yeah, honestly, that one was so kind of immature to me that people were so in a fuss about it. Um, I mean, I think people need a longer break from their cell phones. People are way too invested in social media. People are way too invested into their cell phones. Um, But Kyle, should she have told people this before she sold the tickets? No, I don't. I mean, in my eyes, no. Because that was what a lot of the complaint was about. That's what a lot of the complaint was about. Oh, if I'd known this, I might not have bought the tickets. I mean, we're sort of circling the issue, aren't we here? But Madonna fans are are really hypersensitive um, at the best of times, but particularly during this era, it seems like the fans are, they've got their scalpels out on this tour in particular, not only the album, but the tour. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's I don't understand it. I don't get it because, I mean, this is she's never done a tour like this before. So obviously she's used to doing stadiums, arenas. That's what she's been doing pretty much her career. It's like she's doing something new that other icons aren't doing. So instead of letting her stumble and kind of learn as she goes, people are so quick to cut her as soon as she does something wrong. And I mean, if you're a fan who's been a fan for ages, like you already know she's a perfectionist. So obviously, if she's not happy with the way the show is on the opening night, knowing her, she's not she's going to push it back. Okay, so that goes to the point, Carl, that the very first show that was scheduled, canceled, not canceled, postponed, rescheduled, so even opening night. I mean, I can mm-hmm. understand people get a bit frustrated by that, but you're sort of suggesting that maybe if a fan knows who Madonna is, then they should expect that these things happen because of her perfectionism. Yeah, and I mean, because I mean, I, this is going to be my sixth tour. Nice. Every tour I've attended to, she's never on time, <laughs> which I'm fine with. I get to go shopping. I get to have a couple cocktails. I get excited. Like, it builds up. The DJ she had for the Rebel Heart tour was amazing. Um Oh, no. I know that. Don't agree there, so, but there you go. If it was the same one we had in Australia, I don't agree with that. But <laughs> so I know she's never on time, but do you know, like, this, uh, it goes for me, I think the fans are becoming more and more critical of that delay on going on stage as they get older themselves. Because as you get older, and they're not going to like hearing this, but Madonna fans, you are getting older. Things like bedtime and routines and schedule become more and more important than they were when you were young. When you were young, you don't mind if someone came on stage two or three hours later. But I have to admit, in Australia, she, she was scheduled to go on at something like eight, and it was 11.30. I sat there for four and a half hours, which I wouldn't have minded myself, but I had um, a few young people with me, and it was very, very difficult. And you suggest you can go shopping or get a coffee. Mm, you couldn't. Because you don't know when she's going to actually come on. So you can't actually leave your seat. I have to admit, it was frustrating. I do see your point. Because, yeah, I do my shopping when I first get there and then go wait. I mean, it's just for me, it's not like Madonna goes on tour every year. Yeah. It's usually once every three years or so. Yeah. So to me, it's a special occasion. Honestly, I know 
kind of what I expect to get myself into for that night. Yeah. So to me, it's a vacation. I take my vacation time around that. I take the next day off. Um, wow, you are well planned around your Madonna schedule. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go to the after party. <laughs> That's to me. It's it's a great. It's a it's it's like it's. I don't know. I have the funnest time at the shows. The shows I've been back row. I've been front row. And that's the thing, too. Honestly, I've gotten so many pictures of her. I've seen her face to face. I've been in touching distance. Like with this show, I wanted something different from myself, actually. Um, and I've always took in. I've always bought two tickets um, and usually took in some with me. This is the first time I'm going solo. I'm treating myself to it. I know it's a very political theme show. Um, I know she's trying to open up a lot of people's eyes to what's going on in the world. Um, she's trying to create a place of peace, unity. Um, I agree about shutting the phones down. It's just, I mean, it's an art it's, it's a art show too. It's like, it's mm. an intimate theater tour. It's something different. And mm. for to complain about little things like that, it's just, to me, it's just kind of silly. I've got to say that for all the... Oh, the noise on social media around this tour. The one thing I haven't seen is any criticism of the show itself. It's always been criticism around the peripherals, the phone issue, um, the seating, um, the rescheduling, uh, the delay on stage. Funny thing is, I don't think I've read a single thing, and I read a lot every day on, on Facebook in particular. I don't think I've read a single critical statement about the show itself so it must be pretty freaking good i mean from what i've heard it's yeah i've heard it's emotionally like one it's just i've, I've heard nothing but good things about people i've actually attended so far yeah um to me i think it's still early to say anything about the tour sales because like i said every tour they're always like oh she's not selling out stadiums she's not selling out arenas but then at the end of the year she's always on top it's so, so I, confusing this issue of is it or is it not selling well is really confusing even before she had opening night because true. there's conflicting information like the media obviously love to run a story that oh madonna's show is only half sold but then you actually go on the site and you can see it's more than half sold but then even today earlier this morning i went on for a show that's coming up in the next few days and somebody was buying tickets and they took a screenshot of the availability and there is a lot of availability still left in the show that they're going to so it, it's it's really hard to unpick if these shows are selling well or not i said in the opening statement there that i have my own little suspicion that because madonna is she's such a business person i think people never seem to really grasp just how astute she is when it comes to business when it comes to money when it comes to making smart decisions obviously that crosses and bleeds over into her create creative work as well being ahead of trends and things like that but when it comes to actual business i sometimes wonder before this tour did she realize and recognize that she was not going to be able to sell out the stadiums do you think that's a fair statement or do you think that no she just genuinely creatively wanted to do the smaller venues or do you think actually this was getting on the front foot avoiding that negative publicity about you know what wembley she only sold out two nights instead of her usual eight or something like that. I know. I think she's been talking about doing intimate smaller venues for a couple of years. Sure. So sure. I'm not surprised at all. I think the album 
why I, I'll, that's the thing too I'm not one of those fans I'm not afraid to say hey this isn't my favorite I'm not really digging this these tracks or you know I don't kind of prefer that I didn't like the pre-sale ticket lottery thing that kind of frustrated me mm-hmm. um but I mean I got over it and I got a better ticket than what I was even applying for so I mean in the end I feel like I won <laughs> um, you won the lotto <laughs> I wasn't even sure if I was going to go to this um tour um now, what did you pay? This is another big contentious issue. The, the cost of the tickets, I remember with Rebel Heart, even the girly show back in the day in Sydney, um, being shocked because she always comes in with the premium price, like a price that no artist has dared to charge before. And not that she's bringing this one to Australia. At this stage, it certainly doesn't seem likely. So what are the prices like? I've heard that these ones are exceptionally expensive. Is that true? In ways, yes, because I want to say the last for Rebel Heart and DNA, um, Hard Candy, I was um, like getting the Madonna fan club pre-sale tickets. I was able to get like front row, end of stage. Um, and I would say for two tickets, I was spending usually per tour at least 800 to a grand on two tickets. And then you got to think about the travel expenses plus the merchandise. So I mean, but that I, so that was eight hundred for two tickets in a really good spot, and by comparison, what what what's this tour like? So I'm going to the Voltron in Los Angeles, which I think is actually the smallest venue of the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that front row are going for two grand. Unfortunately, Ooh. I mean, like, yeah. So it is a little. I mean, she was. They were calling this the elite tour. <laughs> for the when elite first people, getting heard, you know, because it is a little bit more pricier than her. But last what about tours. a, a I mean, typical it, seat, though? Like, I assume you're sitting in a typical seat. How much did you pay for your ticket? So I got a VIP on the mezzanine. Um, I didn't. They said it'll be a specific area. Um, I'm grand. I'm pretty sure with VIP, it should be a good seat. So I don't really know my seat yet. Um, I spent, I want to say, about five fifty, six hundred for one ticket. Mm-hmm. Oh, come I mean, on, it, and that's American dollars me. for you Australian people listening. That's probably getting up to about seven hundred and fifty Australian dollars. That's re- I've got to say, like truly, that the argument isn't that she shouldn't be charging this. That's not the argument. What I when I read what the fans are saying online, they're saying that this is pricing them out of the experience. And Madonna's fans are working class, really hardworking. Madonna's fans are like hardworking people. This surely is not good for the average fan. A lot of people not going because of it. I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, but for me, I know it's kind of it's a lot of money, even for me right now. But like I said, it's, this isn't something that I do every year. To me, this is a once every couple of years occasion. So I do mm. kind of go all out. Yeah. But that's because, I mean... I consider myself one of her number one fans, so <laughs> I can guarantee if she was gonna, if she was doing a greatest hits tour, it would be selling out stadiums and arenas. Yeah, but all Kyle, over the world. to be fair, like I, I agree with you a hundred percent there. But if she was selling out stadiums and tours on a greatest hits tour, that would be because the message to the public would be a bit like Michael Jackson's "This is it." She'd be saying something along the lines of this is it and and it would be huge like madonna's finale tour which i don't know if she'll ever schedule that because i think she plans to go on and on and thank god for that but yeah that would be like incredible it would be up there with the michael jackson this is it tour wouldn't it 
True. But I don't ever. I don't think she would ever do a greatest hits tour. It doesn't seem her style. No, I hope she so, never does. Wouldn't it be awful? I can't imagine because that's not what Madonna is. Like, don't get me wrong. No. I'd love to see it, but I'd be upset because it's sort of like a resignation in a way. I mean, I've grown. I mean, when I was born was right when she was coming out. So I mean, I feel like I've grown up with her career. So yeah. it's like I'm not gonna lie. There's a couple songs that I'm like, do I really need to listen to this one more tour? <laughs> but I mean, I like it when she remixes them and changes them and adds something new to them, which is what I love about her creativity. Oh, I love it when she brings back one of the big ones that she hasn't done like forever, like deeper and deeper in the Revel Heart tour. Oh, that was just was yeah. amazing. And um, uh, if she was to do. Oh, Frozen, for example, which I think maybe – I think she might do on the Madam X tour. That would be amazing. That is actually one of the leaks that I did see. So uh, You've <laughs> yeah. read more leaks than you care to admit, Carl. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's hard to not see, but not, hey, I'm still going to be surprised. So I'll be happy about that. Talk to me about the album. What did, what did you make of it? When Medellin came out, I'll start with my opinion. I was – really excited like i remember the very first listen but this is the case with any artist who release the very first time i listen to any song of any artist i go mm, i'm not sure only because you know it hasn't got into the ear yet but after i listened to metagene three or four times i thought this is effing brilliant like it's it's got such a hook and and, and i know it wasn't universally praised i know the fans didn't universally love it uh, I thought the film clip, fantastic. My God, it looks good on my QLED TV, I can tell you. Beautifully shot. <laughs> it's really, really nice. And I, from that, got the sense that she was going to give us little samples from around the world uh, in each track because that was what she was sort of suggesting and hinting at as well. When the album came out, I really, really like it and still do. But interestingly, unlike her other albums, for, for whatever reason, and I can't quite put my finger on it, I'm not repeating it as much as I have with all her other work. That's why I, this it's hard, because that's why I'm waiting for the actual show, because I think it's a more of an album that was created for the stage. Because yeah. I've heard that the actual tracks she does from the album are so much better on stage, watching her perform live. But for me, this is the thing. Like, I, I mean, I know every Madonna song, all the lyrics, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I don't speak Portuguese or very much Spanish at all. I agree. So, Isn't that frustrating? Because you obviously like to sing along. Some people just love Madonna's music. I'm obsessed with singing along. I need to know the words. But you're absolutely right. One thing that frustrates me with the album, don't get me wrong, I love the flavor that it gives when she sings in a different language. And my hat's off to her for learning it too, for God's sake. But I, there's a lot of songs on there I just can't um, uh, connect to because I can't, I can't sing along with them. That's exactly what I said, is that it's hard for me to connect or get the exact message behind the song. Mm. Because especially I'll use the track Killers Who Are Partying. Yeah. It goes too much between different languages that you kind of like, I'm like, wait, so where's the song going? How do I perceive the song? How does... The message get relayed to me. I feel like I'm not, I'm not being able to grasp the whole concept of each song on the album, and that's that's what's frustrating for me. Um, musically, it is a little bit more down tempo. Um, I'm still all about the Dancing Queen. I mean, she's the biggest club kid from New York that conquered yeah. the world and became the biggest pop female superstar. So you were looking for a um, few dance stompers on there, which is why I would have thought Medellin would appeal to you. That's fairly, that's a bit of a dance number, yeah? 
Um, I prefer God control, actually. Uh, isn't that great? Um, Disco. That I can I can see God. where your style is now. That if people who like God control deeper and deeper, uh, what else would be linked to that? You like her disco catalog, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the new way, all her 80s stuff. Um, and, and can I take a guess? You and I have, by the way, never spoken before this podcast today. We've just reached out to each other. We're just having a chat. However, I'd like to take a guess. Confessions on a Dance Floor. Is that amongst your favorite albums? Oh, of course. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it came – well, the best part about it is it came out when I turned 21. So it was like when I was going to all the clubs. Uh-huh. Played everywhere. And, yeah, it's – a great album. Stuart Price is an amazing producer. Yes, and then went on to do Aphrodite with Kylie Minogue afterwards as well. That was a great album. I love that album. Yeah, too. you can sort of always tell the Stuart Price influence if you if you know his work pretty well. So this album, like, and and the era in general. Okay, I'm I'm just going to say something to you, Kyle. Sometimes I find Madonna fans are either in two camps. They're either hypercritical of their own star, or they're the apologist. Some of the conversation I've had with you today suggests that you're on the apologist camp. For example, you sort of conceded, yeah, the album wasn't everything you expected. You're not having it on a heavy rotation. It's not um, in the same style as you love about Madonna. But what I have heard from you is, but you know what? Wait and see. Wait and see the tour. And that's what I've heard from a lot of apologist fans since even before Medellin was released. Once the first snippet came out, I'll just wait till you hear the whole thing. I'll just wait till you hear the whole album. I'll just wait till the album drops if you didn't like the first three teasers or whatever it was that she had. And now I'm hearing from you, uh, maybe I'll like it once I see the tour. Is there too much apology from Madonna in some ways? And on the other hand, is there way too much criticism of her as well? I mean, that's the thing. I still like the album. There's still great songs like I Don't Search, I Find. That's a great track. I think Dark Ballet is an amazing track because Miraz is one of my favorite producers as well. Uh But one thing I've had to learn to do is you can't really have expectations when it comes to Madonna. Because everybody expected another Confessions on a Dance Floor. And then when she dropped Hard Candy, people were like, what is she doing? What? (laughs) Timberland? It's got a hip hop R&B flavor. Like, what's going Mm. on? But look at the tour. Yes. I mean, yes. her tours is True. where it's at lately, to be honest. I mean, look, in, you, you have to admit, Rebel Heart Tour was ten, amazing yes. compared to the album. And, and the other it, thing about Madonna's albums, like listening to you speak there, is is they're often appreciated well after. For I can think back, I think I'm a little bit older than you, so even Erotica, right? It was her lowest selling album, a lot of people, and... It wasn't just a suggestion. It really actually did seem at the time, if you lived through that, you'll know what I'm talking about. It seemed like it was the end of Madonna because it was off the Richter poison at the time. But that album was really appreciated many years afterwards. American Life is really appreciated many years afterwards. Hard Candy is a bit more appreciated many years afterwards. Rebel Heart is already now maybe in light of, of Madame X. A lot of fans are talking about, you know, oh, Rebel Heart was better than do you know what i mean i think that happens with madonna a lot that her work isn't appreciated until a few years at least afterwards i agree no because i agree um, erotica is my favorite album of all time i, I was love i mean i was kind of banned from watching her because i was still like eight nine when that came out but oh, i see mean, erotica I was she... your sexual awakening wasn't it carl in ways yeah <laughs> in ways yes <laughs> the whole i yeah and the whole sex book, Body of Evidence, it's very... I loved how she owned her sexuality in that time mm-hmm. and how 
she that's the thing there's been so many times where people have been like oh her career's over and especially like you said that was one time people were saying she had aids she was being called a whore i mean but then she goes on to do bedtime stories in evita and rave light but you know mm. it's she's it seems like she's the easiest pop star to just throw the book at consistently the fans are really waiting for that moment though where she puts a huge middle finger up into the face of the world because she let's let's be really honest in my opinion at least she has been struggling for quite some time now to do or recapture what she was doing which was to be ahead of the trend um to be the talk of the town there's no question in my mind that when she released god control the video she thought that that was going to be as big a controversy as the like a prayer video because of the way she was talking she was going oh you wait till you see it and there was just there was a spark about her that told me yes and i was really looking forward to it but it barely dropped a pebble in the ocean because the world has changed you know that that's just not a controversial video these days sad commentary on society probably but it didn't cause the furor whether that's because of her relevance, her age, or just the fact that she's missing the mark with her work in terms of cutting through, like, I still think it was a great piece of work, but in terms of cutting through to that, like, you know how she's very good at pushing on the nerve in society around all the other eras, basically? I'm wondering if she's not managing to do that anymore. Are you one of those fans that really would love her to come back with something that just captured the world and set it alight? Or are you more than happy for her just to be the artist that she is now on, uh, you know, a, a less popular scale? Um, I like the way she's going now. And if it means less popularity, I feel like she's 61 and she's out there dancing and in better shape than most 25, 30 year olds I know in America. Um, I mean, I feel like she's done it all. I mean, what else? I mean, she's, I feel like what else does she need to accomplish to prove herself in ways? I think, I mean, she's got, what, six kids, she's 61, she's still torn, she's still writing music. I think she's doing it, though, more from the Madonna from Madam X that I get is someone that has traveled the world, has been in the fame light, you know, has been scrutinized, has been at the bottom, has been at the top. Wisdom. Is, yeah, and she's seen so much, she she wants to open people's eyes she's always been very politically fueled she's always been about um you know acceptance she's always been a forefront for homosexuals lgbtq community um i just i'm i get it i mean she can't i mean at some point you do got to kind of leave the disco doesn't mean you can't stop dancing every once in a while, but, you know. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Nicely put. <laughs> so, I mean. But I, I, mean, I, played, probably... I played Madame X to, a, like, a completely non-fan uh, probably a, a week ago. And they said, and then yeah, they were not taken with it at all. It was in the car. And then we played um, the uh, Like a Prayer album. Um, and when Cherish came on. She said to me, um, the person I was playing the album to, see, this is what she needs to do. Forget the art crap and just do this again. So there, there's a bit of a yearning for that um, 
you know, popularist music again. But I think it's not that she's past it. It's as you've just suggested and said so well there. She's moved on. She wants to make a different statement now. Yeah, I think she wants to actually make the world a better place. <laughs> Which, I mean, I think, well, I don't understand why people are so, like, negative about this era. Because, I, I mean... To me, she's trying to create an art experience, a place where people are united, an intimate show. I mean, I'm excited. It's unlike any other tour she's done. It's something new. I'll judge it after I see it. And from what I've heard, I mean, it's you know it's Madonna. She's going to put on an amazing show. And I'm very jealous so. of you being over there in the United States where you can actually access this show. Australia gets to see her once every 25 years. So what's that? She was here in 2015... <laughs> Or 16. So, yeah, anyway, plus 25 to that. That's not my strong suit. I'll probably be dead. But there you go. Madonna will still be alive, though. She'll still be touring, probably, I would imagine. So let's wrap this up. What do you want to say to the fans? Give us a bit of a description about, like, social media, because that's what you and I connected on in the first place. We were like, what is going on? Like, it's incredible to be part of these fan communities where there is so much like a little bit of of sniping and and stuff is usual but it seems off the richter at the moment people are just hypercritical of her like every look every time she wears a different type of hoodie or uh, late for a show or whatever and i've been a little bit critical myself but some of the stuff i read online is is way out there and i know that really pushes some of your buttons doesn't it uh yeah it does um yeah, it's just because it seems like in the age of social media, people have forgotten common courtesy. Um, everybody's got an opinion, and their opinion is the only one that matters. And when you're behind a computer screen, you're it's easy to say whatever you want and not really suffer consequences. Um, I to me, it's like I, it's it's fine. You don't have to like everything she does as a fan, but it's like I'm an adult. Like if you want to do constructive criticism, that's okay. Like, I just said, like, I'm not the biggest fan of this. Like, this, like you said, I'm probably not going to play this album that much, to be, you know, completely honest. I'm actually a little upset on the lack of remixes, because usually she's always been releasing every single with the load of remixes and ready for the clubs. And this album, she's really behind on that. Yeah, um, yeah. But when you start calling her just names that are derogatory, uncalled, and just being rude... And nasty to other fans, to me, that's just like, that's not what Madonna is about to me. That's not what I expected by joining these groups. And it's to the point where it's like, honestly, I didn't need these groups before to be the Madonna fan I am and get what I need from my fandom, whatever you call it. So, I mean, I'll be fine without them. I don't need these groups to justify my love for Madonna. (laughs) <laughs> but I've noticed you're out there and you're, you're hitting back from time to time, which is really good to see. Yeah, because I just, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, I'm, I, I've i got a mouth and I can be cocky and I don't, it's just, I, it's just, real. I don't know, I, I don't like bullies and I don't like people who are just downright mean and it's just, that's not what these groups I thought were created for. I thought they were to bring other fans together to talk about something they're passionate about or something they love or, you know, Madonna's been there for me in times like that were very hard for me. And I know she's a pop star and I don't know her, but it's just... She's Madonna a constant in your life, right? Connection sometimes with her fans. That's why she, that's 
she's Madonna. Can you define <laughs> certain parts of your life through her albums and her catalog? Oh yeah, definitely. Erotica, I can too. Uh, definitely helped um, with coming out. Um, I grew up in a very small town, um, closed-minded, racism. Um, and she was the first one that was really out there that I knew in the 90s growing up gay that was saying to me, it's okay, you're fine, you're normal. Like, and more than that, you. celebrating it, actually. Exactly, expressing yourself and not being ashamed and not denying who you are. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, she's definitely helped me, you know, in times like that. And like this album, I think this album, I it's... <laughs> I just I feel like people aren't appreciating what she's trying to do with this album and it's to me that's what's frustrating because you can tell she's put a lot of to me I think she's over trying to make the hits because like like you said with Cherish I mean that was 1989 <laughs> unfortunately music doesn't sound that poppy anymore times have changed MTV is not like in, there's no MTV anymore everything's digital people don't really buy albums anymore people stream things are There's so disposable no... too is oh, I, I you know i don't want to go off on a tangent too much but i was just thinking the other day like music is such a massive part of my life and always has been but i got spotify for, for the first time like premium so it's unlimited now and i'm starting to wonder like this little thoughts creeping into my head when I get in the car. Am I actually getting over music now? Because it's like sometimes I just want to shut it off. There's just too much. It feels like there's too much with social media and streaming and all that. You know, in the old days, for the, the comparison being you'd wait for a Madonna album to come out and you couldn't afford to go and buy six albums if you were anything like me. So you'd buy one or two, a Madonna album and then some other one that you were trying. And you'd listen to those on, on repeat and they became very beloved by you but now things are music in particular is so disposable i agree the one thing i miss about the album is like the packaging of an album yeah the smell the booklet the it unwrapping. was a whole concept <laughs> like yeah. the photos the lyrics reading the thank yous finding out who the producers were like the whole package yeah you don't yeah. get that with streaming and digital anymore it's just everything is just like you said it's so accessible i tell you what kyle we're wrapping this up on a note where officially you and i are two old men sitting on a bench <laughs> remembering how the world was <laughs> maybe madam x marks our crossing the line from middle age into old age possibly i don't know but listen just to, to finally wrap up what do you think she should do next and i feel like you've already answered this because you said don't expect. Just let her do what she does because that's always what Madonna will do. But if you did have the magic wand, what do you want her to do? I would say hook back up with Shep Pettibones, Stuart Price, and give wow. us another disco world. <laughs> Imagine that combination. Yeah, I mean, those are some of her greatest producers. I mean, I love Mirwaz too, but I was just, I was expecting, I think that's my problem. I expected another American life. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's not not unfortunately, but fortunately, it isn't because Shardy did American Life. I mean, you're so it's right Madame though. We, the, no matter how much we know her, we still expect when we hear like that association. For example, you think that you can predict what the sound will be. You never can with a Madonna album. You never can. No, you can't. And that's one thing I actually love about her because yes. it's just she's original. She does. She she. To me, that's the boundaries. She's always pushing the boundaries because she's not doing what's popular right now. Mm. She's not. She tried to do the EDM album with Rebel Heart, and like at least she's not trying to go that route because the whole EDM scene in America is just 
too much right now. <laughs> and look, so Madonna, if, if you happen to be listening, the only thing I ask of you is that you come back to Australia. I know you're sick of people saying that every time you do the promotional rounds. When are you coming to Australia? When are you coming to Australia? She brought us for special clown show, whatever it was. So she Chase probably – clown, yeah. Yeah, she probably feels like she's – um. She has serviced us, so to speak, now. But the Australians, we still – I particularly would love to see her in a smaller venue because I've, I've – the first one at the Girly Show, way too big, that venue. And for those who were there, I don't know, it depends on where you were sitting, but it was at the Sydney Cricket Ground and the sound was atrocious because it was echoing back four times, where I was sitting at least. Oh, wow. But the Rebel Heart Tour was in a big venue too, much better. Um, I loved that experience. Um, but I would love to. I, I always dreamed, even before she announced this, I always thought, wouldn't it be amazing to see her at the state in Sydney? We have the State Theatre, and Melbourne has some beautiful little theatres. She could even come to the Opera House, for God's sake. She could perform at the Opera House. Imagine that. So, Madonna, yeah, that's all I'm asking of you. Kyle wants you to do the unexpected, and I just want you to come to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's never too late. She just added San Francisco shows like a month ago. So, I mean, let's see what happens. Maybe when she hits the European tour. Because, hey, at least you did get the girly show. Because from what I understand, she only did like four or five shows in the United States because she got so much um, hate and controversy for that album. Yeah, that was all around rehabilitating her image. You know, that was why Bedtime Stories came after that and all of that. But, yeah, it was... That was a great show, and I love the way it was filmed as well, which is another tangent for me not to go down, because Rebel Heart, uh, the over-editing of that really ruined the experience. I was so looking forward to that DVD to relive the night that I had at the actual tour, but the editing just um, made me have an epileptic seizure. So, Madonna, stay out of the editing room, please. Sometimes delegate, please. You don't have to control everything, and editing, my dear, is not your thing. Kyle, I've really enjoyed this chat. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. No worries.